everyone, it's Leanne from the Alberta Motorcycle Safety Society and welcome to Think Bike, a podcast about all things motorcycle and the voice of motorcycle safety and awareness in Alberta. We will talk about everything from tips and myths on gear, maintenance, techniques, education and so much more with our very informed guests, so thank you for joining us today. On today's podcast, we're welcoming back our good friend Chris Barnes, this time to talk about my nemesis, bad weather riding. I used to be the person that could just go out in the rain and that's fine. And a couple incidents and high wind ruined that for me. So I'm looking forward to talking to you about this topic today and hopefully help some other people out. Welcome back. Well, it's great to be back. Thank you. So just a quick reminder, um, just a, a Cole's notes, because we talked a lot about it on the last episode you were on, who you are, where you come from, your history in riding. Okay. Well, I've been uh, almost an active rider now for 25 years. Uh, I was an instructor. I began my instructor career in 2006. I was with the Calgary Safety Council uh, for a good number of years, moved on from there. And uh, then I was asked, uh, my wife and I were asked, sorry, to help develop the uh, motorcycle safety course for SAIT. And uh, we helped run that number of years and I'm uh, still very active in the motorcycle community uh, as I'm involved at a, uh, a dealership in Calgary where I help um, with the, the handover of the delivery of motorcycles so I can show all the the uh, neat features about your uh, your new ride. Awesome that sounds great so let's jump right into this. Um, rain isn't so bad uh, but there are some things about rain we should know. How do you how do you suggest we tackle a rainy day if either you're caught in it or you're trying to go out on a trip or? Um, I no, it, it as an instructor, uh, the two areas that came up a lot of the time were uh, riding in gravel and riding in the rain. That was the biggest one of the biggest two fears, I guess, that came up with students and uh, my. Kind of answer, I suppose, when when talking about riding in the rain is one of the things. It's one of those things that you need to just go out and almost teach yourself to get used to it. Um, and that means, you know what? If you're at home and it's a it's a weekend and it's a nice quiet weekend for you, and you see that it, that it's you know just starting to rain lightly, gear up and maybe go around the block. You know, maybe ride to Tim Hortons. You know, a 15 minute ride or something like that in the rain. Grab a coffee. Um, you know, just so that you can see that, yeah, I still have a lot of the traction on my motorcycle. You know, it's uh, um, it's been suggested that on um, clean, wet pavement, you still have, you know, 80 to 90% of all of your traction. You know, but I do just believe that most people, they see the rain come down and they think that they're going to wash out. And I think it just takes practice and time to understand that. You know that it's not quite as bad you you have to do the things that we should all do even when we're in our cars or vehicles you do need to slow down a little bit um rain uh, as an instructor we used to teach in the rain quite a bit because well it's alberta and our weather changes all of the time um but what i found is that the students that i taught in the rain typically were some of the smoother students when it came to uh, to shifting, to, to cornering, and even to breaking because they were learning in those adverse conditions. Um, and I, I think that that's where you have to start. One of the most important things I would suggest is, you know, those pre-ride checks are so important. 
you know, check your tire pressures, you know, because being caught in the rain and if your tire pressures are out of line or out of whack, that's going to make a big, big difference in how your motorcycle behaves. Um, so many motorcycles now have a rain mode. You know, I know that you're a huge fan of Triumph, but almost every Triumph now that comes out has has a rain mode equipped there. So it just, uh, what the rain mode does is it, it kind of dials back the amount of throttle that you have. It smoothens out the bike. If the bike is equipped with traction control, because we're blessed now in this new age, um, it will increase the amount of traction control. So just, you have all of those other things to make sure uh, that on your bike, you're going to be safe. And then we can go back to gear. Last time I was here, we talked about gear, so we'll do it again. You know, having upper rain gear, because there is nothing worse than being on a motorcycle and being wet. And then it gets worse because then you are wet and then you are cold. And when you're cold, again, losing those fingers, you know, the, the feeling in your fingers. Um, you know, you potentially could lose some of the operation of your motorcycle because you just can't feel the levers or, or feel the bike the way that you should. Well, and if you're fortunate like I am, if you pack your rain gear, it never rains. When you don't pack it, it rains. <laughs> okay. Murphy's Law. Uh, absolutely. And, and I'm a motorcyclist. I'm, I'm lucky in the fact that I have, you know, two saddlebags and I have a, a hard case on top. So I always have my rain gear with me. I always carry, you know, an extra pair of gloves and and all of those other things. But, you know, there's so many ways that, that can help you beat the rain. Um, you know, if in your budget that you can't afford one pair of gloves for the rain and one pair of gloves or regular riding, I, I've seen many people and I've ridden with many people that just buy like dish gloves and put those big, you know, pink or yellow or whatever color they are, dish gloves over top of their riding gloves. And those have um, grip not, on them too. So they, they grip your your grips really well. Yeah. And you know what, if you, you know, decide that you're still going to use hand signals, you know, when it's raining, typically it's not uh, my, my first suggestion, but someone's going to see your hand if you do have to put that out. So, yeah, um, you know, again, going back, we live in Alberta, you know, the, the weather changes all the time. And then your favorite one comes up is the wind. You know, what if the wind catches you by surprise? Um, you know, earlier we were talking about that. I did a demo ride. Um, you know, with a motorcycle manufacturer, and we had winds up to 70 kilometers an hour for a crosswind. You know, so the, the question is, how how do you fight that? How do you battle that? And I, I guess even with the rain is, when do you decide to stop? You know, and I, and I think that that's another, another important factor, um, is realizing that it's okay to stop. You know, if you can find some shelter from the rain, if it's a heavy, heavy downpour or hail, you know, find a place to kind of hunker down, make sure you're safe. If your bike's equipped with hazards, put on your hazards, do everything you can to be visible uh, and try to make yourself safe. Um, the wind, if it's a long ride home and you're fighting with the wind, I can guarantee you that you're going to be tired. It's, it's, you will be fatigued. Um, you're going to notice it in your muscles. You, you know, potentially your muscles are going to tighten, tighten up a little bit anyways, um, just because of that little bit of a fear factor. Uh, I think a lot of us have been caught in a crosswind that we end up in a lane that was not our intention to be in that lane just because that wind caught us. Um, so I guess going back to my days as an instructor, some of the things I would uh, really, really recommend is watch your lane position. You know, if, you're, if your crosswind is, you know, coming from your right and it's blowing towards the left, 
maybe being in that right third of the lane may not be the best choice. Maybe coming a little bit closer to the center of the line, not riding dead center, but maybe bring that bike over a little bit. Um, definitely watch for larger vehicles, you know, transports, um, you know, larger trucks, because that wind buffeting will adjust, um, put it as nice as I can, will will change um, your lean angle. Um, Counter-steering can actually work in the, in, in the wind, you know, so if you think of your counter-steering and pushing on the, you know, pushing on the handlebars, it's one of those things that you do have to play with just to make sure that you fully understand, but it can actually help lift your bike up a little bit. And this is one of the areas, and I learned this from someone off the racetrack, is that I actually use my foot pegs a lot more when I counter-steer to try to keep that bike upright uh, in stronger winds. And I think that was something I think I tried to do the one day I got caught in a really high wind rain situation. I think where my problem was when I was speaking with somebody was I was literally white knuckling on my gears. And so I'm transferring all that energy into my bike. How can you teach yourself to relax when you're in that fear of no control? Um, First thing, again, if you can find a safe place to pull over is maybe just take that moment um, find someplace safe to pull o- over. Even if you can't have shelter, maybe find that area just so that you can take a moment or two, take a deep breath and, and you know, talk to yourself. Hey, I can get through this. Um, a lot of um, motorcyclists that I know, we listen to music and things like that, uh, you know, when it's a nice day and it's riding. But this is one of those times that I turn that off. I want to make sure that all of my attention is on on my ride and not necessarily on the music that's playing in the background. I want to, I want my full concentration there. Um, yeah, I think realizing that you can't be white knuckled because I think you said it perfectly, all of that, um, all that anxiety, all that fear that you have does transfer into the motorcycle. And uh, if you can find any way to release that and, uh, you know, think of the positive things. You know, the reason I'm getting home is to see, you know, my significant other, to see my kids, to see my dog, whatever the case is. You know, I hate to say try to, you know, it's not a Disney movie, but try to find that happy place. But you almost need to find a happy place so that you can relax. Um, and again, it takes practice, you know, for a brand new rider. If you get caught in the wind for the first time, if you get caught in the rain the first time, it's it's scary and it's a challenge. And when you do hear riders such as yourself that have all this experience that, you know, it kind of throws us for a loop as well. Like I say, it's it's kind of going back to the basics and, and practicing. And, you know, the, the focus needs to be there. 100% of your attention needs to be on the bike. And, uh, you know, I wish I had a perfect answer for everybody on how to fight the wind, but all of our bikes are different. All of our body shapes are different. Some of this comes back to gear. You know, if you have proper fitting gear, you're not going to have big pockets of air. You're not going to create a parachute, which can definitely make things a little more challenging for you. Um, You know, I think of some motorcycles that have, you know, solid spoked rims in the front, you know, that that wind can push those around too. So the style of your bike is also going to be another factor on um, either how easy or how hard it will be to, to fight the wind. Yeah, absolutely. It was on. I was on my Daytona when I got caught in a scary wind thing on QE2 and blew across three lanes. Were grateful that nobody was there. I have a hard time getting back on that bike. Like the Scrambler handle. Like I, I have no problems with that one 
in the wind, but it's like it doesn't have that big full fairing and that giant sail, I like to call it, <laughs> that pushes me exactly, around. Yeah, like the wind protection is great when you're moving through the wind, but if that is that crosswind and it catches those big fairings, you know, so as great as the design of the motorcycle is head on, like I say, it's it's when those winds come to the side that it's it's definitely a challenge. Um, similarly, you know, when riders, you know, stopped riding years ago because they had a bad slide, how do you get those riders back in? And it's, you know, kind of go back to basics. Um, you know, find find your comfort level. And, and, you know, again, being in a similar situation to you, I also, you know, I remember blowing across three lanes of traffic. And again, fortunately, there was no one there. So to being very, very aware of your surroundings is, is so important. Being smooth, um, again, it is going to be so important in, in maintaining um, good throttle control. If you're, you know, really, really choppy on the throttle, you're kind of, you know, bouncing up and down, I think is, is going to make that ride even a little more uncomfortable. Um, but I, I think it, it's just one of those things. It's just, it's just a matter of time and, and kind of comfortable back on the Daytona or, or whatever bike it is. And, uh, you know, our riding season is so short here in Alberta. You know, we're, we're not blessed like, you know, some of our friends down in the south and, and everything like that, that they can ride, you know, and 11 months a year. We, you know, if it's a good year, we get six, maybe seven months of riding if, if we're really, really lucky. So, you know, at one time or another, if you if you want to spend some time on your motorcycle, we're all going to be faced with, with riding in inclement weather. And it's just kind of how you handle it. So, you know, the basics, the gear, um, checking over your motorcycle. You know, heaven forbid that that crosswind knocks off a piece of your motorcycle that you, you're going to need later on, you know, a, a lever or something like that. You know, that, you know, endpoint check or whatever it is before you go on a daily ride, you know, can save you a lot of headaches later on. I have a weird question. Um, is hydroplaning a thing on motorcycles? My dad asked me that once and I was like, no, but then I don't really actually know. Um. I don't know that it's as bad as it used to be. Like if you think back to, you know, the, the Kawasaki motorcycles on chips, and if you look at those tires that they had on those, um, they were not the most conducive to kind of, you know, finding it the right tunnel through the rain. And I think that motorcycle, uh, the, the companies that manufacture our, our tires now, are so much better they have so much more technology they have so much more information um you know and personally i don't think that i've ever you know i i know that i've had um you know my back end kind of slide a little bit but i i wouldn't say that it was hydroplaning i think it was just a deeper puddle than i anticipated um but i don't know that uh you know, talking to, you know, you and I talk to a lot of motorcyclists a lot of time, and it's it's not it's not something that comes up in a regular conversation. Have you ever hydroplaned? So I don't think it's, it's quite as bad as it, as it was. No, but the one thing I do want to make sure that our listeners understand is that reflective paint at the crosswalks is super slick when it's wet, like really black ice slick. We don't stand a chance on that. No, if you're or, if you're in a weird position going into a crosswalk and hit that, just don't. No, or when we used to do rides and you know take some of our students out to you know K Country, and you have those Texas gates. You yeah. know those Texas gates are slippery on a dry day. 
you know, so when it's when it's wet, you know, you need to really be aware of your surroundings. Um, I remember coming home from work a couple of years ago and it was raining pretty good. And I came uh, off an, an off ramp and, uh, and I had a pothole, you know, when you know, I checked over my bike the next morning, then the fork seals were leaking. So I hit it pretty good, you know, and it was covered up by the rain. So trying to be aware of your surroundings, sometimes instances like that, we're going to miss it. Um, being aware of traffic, being aware of, like you say, painted lines, um, you know, directional arrows, you know, Texas gates or, or, or railway tracks, you know, uh, railway tracks, trying to hit those as straight on as you possibly can. And for newer riders, I still know that in, uh, you know, our guide to motorcycling, it still tells us to hit it on an angle. I'm going to suggest, you know, in an instance like that, try to hit it on as, as straight on as you can. And then... What kind of weather apps do you suggest are good? Because I think some of the radar lies. <laughs> we used to we say in the classroom. So in the classroom section is that uh, most of the riders I know have about three different apps on their smartphone, and you just pick the one you like. Um, so I do have, um, you know, this, the Sky Tracker app. I do use Environment Canada app, and uh, I do have the Web Network as well. So I try to bounce back. Uh, between all three, um, I try to, you know, again, I hate to sound negative, but I try to prepare for the worst and hope for the best. You know, when I go out and ride, um, like I say, I, I'm lucky with my motorcycle that I can carry, you know, all of that rain gear and everything with me all the time. Um, even that being said, um, you know, there's, again, there's so many great improvements in, in motorcycling rain gear that you can get some, almost, again, I'm going to date myself here, but old K-Way jackets, how it used to fold up and do like the, into its own pocket. There's, there's rain suits that basically do the same thing. And, you know, if, if you're on a, you know, you know, like a DR650, you can snap that to the back of your bike and you've got rain gear. So there's options there as well. Um, you know, previously we talked about, you know, gear and, having that, that rain gear that fits underneath like there, there's lots of options but um like I say when it comes to the rain there's there's nothing worse than being cold and being wet um because again that that fun factor on the motorcycle really comes down fast well and and i would think that like even in like as we were talking everybody needs to know what their limits are and when you've had enough and should pull over but if you're riding with a group understand everybody's limits are different. I had somebody ask me the other day or a, a few weeks ago, they were coming up to Edmonton on their bike. And I said, you know, it's kind of like there's some weather that you're going to be coming through. And well, how bad is it? I said, I need you to look because I don't know what your tolerance level is. You know, like you have to look and see what your tolerance level is. And she got geared up and ready for it and came and made it fine. But, you know, it's different. Yeah. It, it's so different. And, and yeah, if you're riding in a group, and especially if you're that lead rider, I, I think that that's your responsibility. Go and talk to those other riders and say, you know, you know, kind of what, what's your skill level? What's your, they, I think you just say your, your tolerance level. Like when is it time for us to, to pull over? Um, I mean, hail would the, probably be a big one. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Well, in our earlier segment, you and I talked about riding uh, that I got caught in the hail and mother nature had this way of finding um, every spot of my body that did not have protective armor. You know, I, I got off my bike and took off my gear and I had welts and bruises on, you know, places, my arms and shoulders that I, I have no idea how the hail found it, but it, but it certainly did. 
Well, and then that's why, you know, you should just find a overpass or something and, and maybe wait it out. But also make sure you're safe that other people can see you because if visibility is low, we're already small enough, let alone stopped. Not all bikes have four-way hazards. This is true. Yeah. So you're, you know, making sure that that rain gear has some kind of reflective piping or something on there so that people can see you. Um, yeah, I think any way that you can make yourself visible. So we, we talked about those, you know, um, those bright colored washing gloves. You know what? Maybe that's the one little thing that someone saw. They saw a pink glove on a guy that's all dressed up in motorcycle gear in black and he saw a pink glove. If that slowed someone down, then you know what? Then it's worth it. Absolutely. Well, I think I learned a lot to, uh, I think my getting back to basics was getting on the scrambler to build my confidence up in weather again. And whatever it takes to get anybody there, try it. Right? Yeah, or reach out. I mean, you know, um, the Alberta Motorcycle Safety you know, Society is such a great resource. There's so many amazing people that if you have questions and if, if you know, the, the answer is not there. I'm sure that you know enough people, you know, in this circle that you can get the answer to try to help someone so that they feel more comfortable. Because I, I think we're all here for the same reason. We want to see you ride. We want to see you ride for a long time. Um, and we want to make the safe roads safer for all motorcyclists and all motorists for that for that matter. Yeah, no, perfect. And we do. We love to connect people. Thank you so much, Chris, for taking the time again uh, for us to talk about bad weather riding. Hope everybody got some good tips out of that. To make sure that you don't miss out on any of our upcoming podcasts or listen to previous ones, make sure you click on subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcast ear candy from. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover or a guest you think would be great on the show, let us know. How? Well, you can follow us on the socials or reach out through our website at ab-amss.org or hey, even email us directly at info at ab-amss.org. Always remember to ride smart, ride safe, and think bike. We will see you out on the road.